Welcome to Aging in Full Bloom with Lisa Stockdale, sponsored by Capital Healthcare Network, an Ohio-based, family-owned and operated company providing solutions that help seniors age on their own terms. Those solutions include home care, senior living, nursing home and rehab care, and hospice. Learn more at CapitalHealthCareNetwork.com. Listeners, thank you for joining Aging in Full Bloom. Today I have a very special guest on the phone with me, a fellow podcaster named Leslie Gold. Um, Leslie, you are in New York City. I am. Hi, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me on. Hi. Thank you for um, approaching us and giving us the opportunity um, to have you on and tell people about what you're doing. It's very important. You have a podcast called A Life's Story. Tell us all about it. Oh, sure. So, well, I think I'll probably start with the origin of it. I was a radio talk show host and broadcaster in New York City for about 15 years. I was known as a radio chick. And at that time, (laughs) at that time, I had a lot of listeners, about a million daily listeners. And then I, I stopped in 2017 and I turned my attention to other interests and business ventures that I had. Then in 2020, with the pandemic, I felt a shift in me, much like a lot of people. And I had a hankering again to connect with people. I had been asked to do a podcast many times because of my radio history. And I always resisted because people would say, oh, just get on the air and do what you used to do, which was talk about your daily life. And I didn't want to do a vanity project. It just felt lame. (laughs) So... I decided, I I decided, I thought, well, who would I like to speak to? And I decided I wanted to speak to older folks in their 80s, 90s, 100 or more, Mm -hmm. who had lived extraordinary lives. Either they had lived through something extraordinary or they were still doing something extraordinary with their life today. Mm-hmm. And that's the, a life's story. And it's L-I-F-E-S, S-T-O-R-Y. There's its life apostrophe S in there. Okay. So the reason I reached out to you is as I put out each new episode, I realized that every one of these stories pushed back on the preconceived notions that we have all have about aging. If you ask the average person, including me up until this point, to talk about, well, what's your impression of what life will be like when you're 90 or 100 years old? Everyone would say words like needy or feeble or frail or lonely or ugly. And after I got seven or eight episodes into season one of A Life's Story, mm-hmm. I realized that's not what I'm finding at all. You had an awakening. Yes, I mm-hmm. did. And I'll also mention that in my broadcast career, because I, I was blessed to have a long one, I've interviewed U.S. presidents, countless celebrities, newsmakers, business leaders, politicians of all stripes, none of them have been as interesting to me as the people I'm interviewing in a life story. Amen, sister. You can, we'll, <laughs> we'll play. We'll replay that line. Because <laughs> they have stories to tell and there is real insight. If you listen with your ears wide open. That, that's right. And what started me thinking about what I like to interview old people is older people. So I was listening to another podcast and it was about the pandemic and it was called Shutdown Stories. 
And they were interviewing a 104, 105-year-old guy who was in lockdown with his 99-year-old fiance. And my first thought was, <laughs> fiance, what are you waiting for? But, <laughs> but as it was at the time when all our hair was on fire over the pandemic. Sure. You couldn't write the news and social media and everybody was scared of each other and we hadn't yet processed it. Yeah. And we were you know, spraying the boxes that our food was delivered in. We were terrified. I was too, yes. Everybody was. And he, because he was of a certain age, he had lived through the 1918 pandemic. Mm -hmm. So when he was asked about it, he said, yeah, it's another thing. We'll get through it. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's... A little the perspective. Uh -huh. That's only wisdom you can get from someone who has seen it all. Yeah. And at, it was exactly what I needed to hear at the moment. And that's what made me think, I really want to talk to older folks. Yeah. Experience counts. People think it doesn't. I don't know why they think it doesn't, but it does. It's not just experience. It's wisdom. Mm -hmm. right? You've lived long enough to see patterns in your life. Sure. Right. And yeah. And um, wrecking. And as you said, perspective, you can add perspective. Everything isn't, you know, a hot dumpster fire tragedy when it happens. And you also know that when you get to a certain age that, you know, when I talk to these people, besides their extraordinary lives, we talk about love and loss and things like that. And the question of loss has always been really interesting to me because I thought, how can you get to a certain age and it's a blessing that you've lived so long? There's also a cost to it there and is. that you outlive everybody that was your contemporary, mm -hmm. your sister, a teacher, you know, whatever it might be. And how do you do that and not let it rob you of the joy you have in your life every day. And again, only people that are of a certain age can speak to that with intelligence. Yeah. Well, as I say, yeah, experience, you call it wisdom, although all experience doesn't equal wisdom. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, we know that for sure. But yeah, there's something to be learned and there is encouragement and um, hope. There's hope in these stories. Inspiration. Mm -hmm. Definitely inspiration. So may I, I don't know if you want me to, but may I just use a couple of episodes as an illustration? Would love it. Would love okay. it. Okay. So let's push you. I mentioned that we all those words we think of when we think about our lives when they're going to get older. Uh, let me push back on feeble for a moment. Beverly Schottenstein is 94, and she's a lady of means. She's not financially sophisticated, however. Her husband earned the money, and he sadly died 30 years ago. Uh, I meet her in her 90s, and Beverly was defrauded and swindled and gaslighted by her adult grandsons mm. while they worked for J.P. Morgan as money managers. Oh. Right. Now, Bev she's 94. Now, Beverly is not a fighter. By nature, mm -hmm. and she's not at all fluent in complicated financial dealings. Right. But what what she does know is right from wrong, and she fought back, taking despite her nature, taking everyone to court. The court for this is called Finra. It's a court set up for the big banks when they have misdeeds, and. She took not only her grandsons to court, but she took J.P. Morgan, which is the country's biggest bank, 
And by all accounts, she was in over her head. She won. And the lesson to me in that is that we can be forceful and advocate for our rights at any age. Yes. Um, another one was about weakness. This is, oh, this is a great story. Physical weakness. 88-year-old Eleanor Pendergraft. She's a tough old Southern lady with a great Southern accent. <laughs> and she has MS. And over the years, she deteriorated to the point that she was completely debilitated. She was in a wheelchair. And her doctors were not very encouraging. They told her, well, you're getting worse and you're never getting any better. And something about saying you're never getting better turned something inside her. And she said, you're wrong. And she dragged herself into the gym. I mean, dragged. And it, she went to a silver sneakers class. And day one, all she could do was sit in a chair and lift one foot an inch and a half off the ground. Only one of her feet. She kept going. She went six days a week. And over time, she went from the wheelchair back to the walker, from the walker to two canes, from two canes to one cane. And the upshot of the episode, is she became a medal winner in the National Senior Games, running. So she did not settle for uh, physical weakness. Mm -hmm. By all accounts, by her doctor's all accounts, she should have. But she found a way. Her lesson to me was, you can always do something. Yeah. You can always do something. And she not only became a medal winner, but you can imagine she elevated her whole life in the process. Well, usually I make people cry. You almost made me tear up on that <laughs> one. Um, yeah. And, and I hope for people who are listening and they're not older that you hear the message. Um we might sit down on the sidelines for a while, but it doesn't mean we have to stay there. And when somebody gets up to do something, don't judge them based on their age. You might want to get out of their way, <laughs> depending on how old they are. Um, there true. is still life to be lived. Um, and we're, so that all, reminds, we're all still human. You got another one? I, well, I, I, you'll have to stop me because I'll go on and I'll tell you about every episode. I'm not excited. But I will mention one more because you triggered a thought in me by getting out of the way. I interviewed a 103-year-old Millie Keller at work, her work. Okay. She's a bookkeeper for a busy retail store where she's a partner. And she started this venture with her partners at the age that she she became eligible for Social Security. Now, I interviewed her in the store along with her co-workers. And the reason that's notable, it was during the pandemic. And she was showing up for work every day, pandemic or not, rain, shine, locusts, frogs, hurricanes. <laughs> Millie Didn't was matter. there. Yeah. Yeah. So Millie showed me that you are never too old to start something new. Yeah. Because she started this at a time most people would have told her it's time to wind down and uh, think about retiring. Yeah. And and also, when you think about retiring, what are you really thinking about doing? I know I'm going to have trouble ever sitting down. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do a women's shelter when I retire. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> um, so there are things, as I said, it ain't over till it's over. And oh, that's. That's right. And you don't have to sit down, you right? Don't. You you don't have to. Do you, uh, Lisa, are you familiar? You may be because of the subject matter of, of your podcast. Are you familiar with the happiness curve? No. Tell me about it. Okay. So this is also 
interesting and it dovetails with what I found with my stories on a life's story. So the data shows that on average, life satisfaction drops during midlife and it begins its recovery around 50 and happiness in your life reaches its peak near the end of your life. So the happiness curve is actually U-shaped. It's high in our youth, and then it starts to decline, and it slumps in middle age, mm-hmm. but it isn't a midlife crisis. It's a natu- <laughs> No, it isn't. It's a natural stage of life. Right. Right, because you have the most stressors. Yeah, at you're, at the, you're at the height of your career at that point. You are, you've got to put kids maybe through school, mm-hmm. you've got extra expenses, and maybe your parents are still alive and you're being pulled to help them as well. So it's a natural stage of life and it's a great paradox of happiness. The decades when we seem to experience our um, greatest career success or our greatest worldly success is also when our happiness craters. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening right now to Aging in Full Bloom podcast and you're in your 40s or your 50s, I'd like you to know that you are likely to end up your life much happier than you are now. It gets better. <laughs> it gets, it gets better. happier. It gets yes. happier. Actually, now that you explain it, I, I was familiar. I think I wrote about that. I um, incorporated that as an introduction to this podcast. Um, and it is interesting that when you get older and you get past all this career stuff and the day, and sometimes, as you said, you can be the sandwich generation where your parents are aging and your children are in college and you're like, ah, how do I do all this? But it does get better. Um, and some of it, what people don't realize they, is you get more confident and more comfortable in your own skin. And that's a thing. Uh, and that's a thing that brings happiness. That's so. exactly right. You are exactly right. Uh, I observed this with my own mother. My parents lived good long lives. They were 95 and 96, and they were fire-breathing dragons until they <laughs> went. So so they were great in that regard. But my, my, my mother's case, she was always deferential to my father and that's i think would be typical of that generation he went first and after he died she became large and in charge there was a new sheriff in town and she (laughs) did not care what she said to anyone right and it was completely liberating for her yes she loved it yeah. Right? yeah. Right. She loved it. Right. So you do get more confident and you care a lot less. And of course, if you're someone that worries about what other people think, that is a deterrent to happiness. But if you're someone who doesn't, right, you're just going to say how you feel and live your life on your own terms. Of course, that's an elevator for happiness. Absolutely. And living your life on your own terms. Listen, I remember um, being in the room when some a couple was arguing over hospice and the woman was the wife was dying and she said to the husband i've lived my whole life on your terms i'll die on my own wow and you know that that's what we're talking about it it is a liberating moment it's an empowering moment and it results in happiness so it hold sure on does. tight if you're like me and you're in your 50s 
wanting to pull your hair out every other day. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, know that know that it'll get better, and know that you don't have to be feeble or weak or needy. Uh, I spoke to also this episode hasn't come out um, a 92 year old model. Her name is Daphne Self. She's a former model. She was a model in her 20s, and then she stopped. She was like a, you know, average model in her 20s. And then she stopped, and she didn't model for 50 years. And she staged the mother of all comebacks at 70 years old. <laughs> She's 92. She's more in demand at 92 than she ever was at 22. And when I say she's beautiful, she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And... I don't mean she's a Sears catalog model. She's a model for Vogue. Right. She's a model for Hugo Boss. She's a real capital she's a competitor. M. Yeah. Yeah. She's a capital M model at the age of 92. And she looks spectacular. And she decided to relaunch herself in her 70s. She was asked, serendipitous, right? She was asked to do a charity fashion show. Mm-hmm in her local town kind of and she's like yeah okay i've got nothing to do anyway i'm still skinny so uh (laughs) so she did it and there was a a agent there from models one in the uk and they saw her and they signed her up and they thought yeah you know she'll be a novelty we can probably get her a few jobs for the next few years it's 22 years old 22 years later and she's still a major asset yeah and doesn't that say something about the importance of getting out and socializing if you do happen to be an older adult and you're listening um good things happen when you get out there you bring up a great point When I speak to these wonderful, interesting, fascinating older folks in a life story, I talk about, you know, their losses, right? And every one of them who had, who, they're all sad when they're, of course, when relatives go or, or friends go, it's, you know, it's painful, but they've put it in perspective. And my Millie Keller, who's the 103 year old who's still working, told me, here's what I know. You're born to die. And so it, you know, it's not, it doesn't, she's sad, but it doesn't strike her as anything but a natural event in life. And I said, well, how is it that you don't get lonely? And she says, I meet new people. Yeah, And so you're exactly right. David Leddick, who's 91, and he had a big, another episode, he had a big life in his earlier years. He was a naval officer, then he was a ballet dancer, then he was creative director of <laughs> wow. Revlon. Then he was creative director of Revlon in the Mad Men years. <laughs> wow. So David challenged my thinking. He said to me, why can't your last 30 years be your best? And before I answered, he said, mine are. And David has more friends now than he ever did, which is saying a lot because he had a big, full life in his early years. Um, And that's a paradigm shift that I've embraced about why can't your last 30 years be your best? Not just because it's optimistic and not just because I'm at an age where that gives me comfort. But it's obtainable. It's obtainable. Yes, because these other stories from the Life Story podcast bear that out. Yeah, they bear witness. Mm-hmm. Leslie, thank you. Where can our folks find your podcast? Probably oh, Apple. Everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Anywhere and Apple, everywhere. Apple, Spotify, 
via um, Audible. You can get it on Google. My website is a alifestory.net, A-L-I-F-E-S-S-T-O-R-Y. So there's two S's in the middle. Dot net. You can you can link from there as well. And I found you quick and fast on Facebook and was able to link up to the other places as well. Um, oh, thank you. So keep that in mind if you're listening. Leslie Gold from New York City, um, helping our seniors showcase their stories and hopefully helping the rest of us appreciate them. That's right. Lisa, thank you so much. And keep doing your good work on on the Aging in Bloom podcast. Thank you, ma'am. We will do our best. Listeners, thank you for joining. Till next time, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be forever at your back.